What's going on, Alpha Leaders? Listen, this episode of the Alpha Mindset Podcast is presented to you by our newest sponsor, Checks Watches. We all know looking good is feeling good, but sometimes looking good can be expensive, but not with Checks Watches. Checks Watches create products that look amazing, go the distance, and save you time. The greatest gear you've experienced all under one roof. If you want to look good without breaking the bank, then go over and check them out at www.checkswatches.com. Get ready to amplify your energy and unlock your limitless potential with our dynamic podcast hosted by a powerhouse of motivation and inspiration. Brace yourself for electrifying insights, empowering stories, and actionable strategies that will propel you to greatness. This is the podcast that fuels your fire and transforms your life. Now here is the head alpha himself, Isaac. What's going on, Alpha Leaders? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Alpha Mindset Podcast. I am your host, the head Alpha, Isaac Evelyn. I have a very special guest today, actually one of my personal coaches, Coach Keeg. I call him Coach K. What's going on, Coach? How you living? I'm living well, man. I love being with you here today. I'm so glad to do this. I know we've been trying to get this on the books and a couple of things have happened, but we're here and I think that's part of the story. And nothing can stop us, brother. That's that's the main thing. Nothing's going to stop us from getting to where we need to get to, man. Well, hey, first thing foremost, I just want to say thank you for making the time. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate you making the time. Why don't you go in and tell everybody you know, who, a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, what, you, what you do, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I love it. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing this movement. So keep it going, brother. Um, you know, to dive right into it, what got me here, I'd say it was a lot of personal experience, a lot of tumultuous situations, a lot of the victimhood mindset, back up against the wall, not having people on your team, having every reason to give up and still finding systems for myself to get to that next level, right? I know that you and I talk about mindset a lot, mindset, 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 you know, and there are so many scenarios in life that can be considered good or bad. But that's based on our belief system. That's based on our standards. And so when you can start to look at things like, hey, maybe you're not happy or maybe you're not in the situation you want to be financially, professionally, romantically, whatever it is, look at your standards. Look at the rules that you set up for yourself. Look at your values and all of these things will help you get to that next level. So, man, I could dive deeper. I can go into the pain points. And I'm sure we will do that. Um, but, yeah, man, that's just part of the journey. Absolutely, man. You know, and your journey has been exciting. You know, I we actually, we connected on something that was completely just, I was actually looking into real estate. Mm-hmm. I get I get linked up with a, a life insurance agent. I forget his name. Forgive me. I, I really do forget his name. Uh, but then we get, I get brought into a group chat. He brings me in and then I kind of share my posts. You reach out to me and then boom, I, I my first session, uh, it's going on what, like five months now, I think that, yeah. you know, that's the first time we met and February. Man, you know, we, we started off pretty good. Yeah, February. And we started off pretty good. And it's been it's been one hell of a ride, man. So, you know, I, I will say to everybody, man, this dude is my biggest supporter. Uh, somebody who checks on me on a regular. Even when we haven't talked for a minute, he still reaches out, gives me advice. I mean, it's it's great to have you on my team, Coach K. And, and I'm glad to be a part of your circle, man. So, you know, it's you're doing great things. I hope you never stop, brother. I appreciate that a lot, man. I think that uh, the belief and conviction is one of the biggest things and hearing hearing your testimony and seeing your journey, right, is the biggest thing. It's like, you know, I just talked to a client about this the other day. This guy's a brilliant mind, just like you are, right? Brilliant mind. But you are good on camera. You have a natural knack for it. 
this man's terrified to get on the camera. He's ter- absolutely terrified. And I get it. That was me, right? I was terrified. I didn't want to get on the camera. Most people don't. Fear of criticism. But my, my point to him was, hey, man, look, if you don't get on the camera, how many people out there are you disservicing? You know, because somebody out there needs your message. They need your experience. There's this quote. You are the aspirin to somebody's headache. How long are you going to let them suffer? And so, man, I love what you're doing. And I love how you're taking your abilities, your gifts, your skills, and using that in the change in the lives for other people. So now, this is awesome, man. I think this is incredible to see your journey and see you level up. And uh, man, I'm always going to be here for you. I-, I believe in you. And I know what it's like to be in that situation that even if you have family members that love you and they care about you, they might not understand, right? I had this conversation with another client who's a super successful guy. He's based out of the Philippines. He has over 100 clients in his roster right now. He has a team of over 30 people that work for him. This dude built this in one year, one year. And it's just insane to see that transformation, right? And, you know, again, we're all talking about mindset, mindset, mindset. And so the thing that him and I talk about a lot is balance. And there are a lot of people out in this world that need balance. And that's what they strive for. That's their standard. That's their outcome. That's their goal. And that's perfectly fine. I've got friends that mow lawns for a living and they're happy with what they do. And that's all that really matters, right? Absolutely. But there are other people out there that don't believe in balance. There are those people that have these huge aspirations and huge goals and they want to impact millions of people. That's, that, those yeah. are the people that I'm talking to, right? Those are the people that, I, that get me fired up like you. Absolutely, man. And you know, there's a, there's, that's the thing is really helping people realize that they are those kind of people who really think everybody has the ability to be that, you know, everybody has that ability to really take that step forward and be mm-hmm. something great. And they just got to believe it. And I think a lot of people that's the, whether it's a lack of fear or it's a lack of just realistically a lot of things where they just feel like, eh, I don't know if I'm really meant to for, for this. And that's the whole point of this podcast. That's the whole point of, you know, my message out there to people is, and that's what we are here to do, right? We're here to serve. We're here to help people out. We're here to help people realize, you know, the greatness within them. And, you know, you're, you're at where you're at now. What, you know, what initially inspired you to pursue your dream and, you know, how's that inspiration evolved over time? There's a lot. There's a lot. I think that you just touched on something really important though, right? And I'll, I'll get to the dream spot part and what inspired me. But, you know, you mentioned something there, man. And I think this is where most people get caught is they give up. Most people just give up. And, and there's a multitude of reasons, right? Um, but I think ultimately what it comes down to and to answer your question, what made the shift for me was creating personal systems, right? Because everybody's a little bit different. Your standards and your goals on the spiritual realm are going to be different than mine. That doesn't make it right or wrong. They're just different, right? So so in order for us to build the life of our dreams, there's three major components, right? And I'll get into my story here in a second, but the three major components are number one outcome. You got to be extremely clear on the end destination. What are you working for? What does it look like, right? Isaac, if I went to you and said, hey, man, I'm going to put a blindfold on you and hand you a bow and arrow. And I want you to hit the target. Turn around and go ahead and hit it. You'd be like, how the heck am I going to hit it? I don't know I don't know where it is. Yeah. It's the same thing with our personal and professional goals. You must have a clearly defined outcome. Number two, we all have limiting beliefs. All of us, right? A trauma, an experience, a story. Somebody let you down. You let somebody else down. Whatever it was, we've created these limiting beliefs. And these are obstacles that prevent us from getting to the next level. So 
you know, again, for me and my journey and for other people out there, I first had to become extremely clear on the outcome, the end result. Then I had to conquer those limiting beliefs. And once I knew these things, then the third piece is you've got to have a right strategy or plan to get there, right? So, um, and, and I can go on and on about this, but I think really the personal story is, and this, and this is really, this is really what it comes down to. The childhood, I had every reason to give up. Heavy abandonment, heavy abuse, being molested, having ADHD, you know, diagnosed as a four-year-old, having a speech impediment, couldn't even speak my own name, facing suicide, facing addiction, being homeless, all, all before the age of 17. I had every reason to give up, man, and I tried. I tried to. When I made, when I made the big shift was I found a company and it was a sales company and I had no interest in selling knives. If you've ever heard of Cutco, right? I had no interest in it, none whatsoever. And I walked in that room and I felt the culture, the camaraderie, the greatness, the striving for personal development, and I fell in love. And so ultimately what happened was when I went in that arena and I had a lot of success there, I had the opportunity to manage other people, open offices across the country. And what I learned in that intricate fabric of that relationship was every single person had limiting beliefs. They had a trauma, they had an experience, they had a story, they had somebody that let them down or something that occurred or they let somebody down or whatever it was. And these people weren't getting to the next level. And then sometimes you'd see these same people two, three, four, five years later, and they're in the exact same spot. And then you'd see the other people that were in that group two, three, four, five years later, and they built the life of their dreams. What's the difference, right? So, you know, this went on and on. I tested this in different industries, in different sales organizations, in the real estate world, in the financial world, all kinds of different things. And it didn't matter what city I was in. It didn't matter what organization I was in or industry. I saw these same patterns happening in people. Call it society, call it standards, call it upbringing, whatever the heck it was, but I kept seeing these patterns. And so... I thought to myself, man, if I know that I have these battles and I know other people have these battles, I can use the gifts and experiences that I have gone through to help other people. Because all that, all that negative stuff, all that bad stuff that I mentioned before, that was the stepping stone. It allowed me to create empathy with others, just like you faced your own battles, right? And so if you hadn't faced those battles, it wouldn't give you the depth or the wherewithal to conquer it. And now that you have, you can help other people do this too, right? So I think to answer your question, it was a multitude of all of these things coming together. The biggest catalyst occurred about four years ago. And that biggest catalyst was my biological father passed away. Him and I weren't really close at all. He was not in my life. He wasn't really a figure to me. Long story short, I was faced with two options. And one of those options was come out of pocket and pay for all of his expenses, living expenses, debt, debt, all these things, right? At first, I did what most people would do. And I was like, you know, no, who is this guy? This guy's never been here for me. Why the hell would I be here for him? Why am I going to stand out for him? But then I realized I was the one that had to live with those decisions. And that's another key element here. I think often people think, what will others say? What will others do based on my actions? But at the end of the day, you're the one that goes to sleep with your thoughts and your character judgment. You're the one that wakes up with your decisions and impact. That's on you. So what anybody else thinks, it doesn't matter. I know this sounds harsh to some people. I've had to cut out family members for one reason or another. 
I'm an open-minded person and I always believe in giving people the benefit of the doubt. But man, there are going to be some people that you're going to have to cut out along this journey because they're not going to support that growth for you, right? And that's a really difficult thing to do. But back to that story. So I get the call. I come out of pocket. I pay for all the expenses, right? And essentially, I have to start over, ground zero. I had to lose my business. I left the business that I just started, a three-way brokerage in Charlotte, North Carolina. I had to leave that. I had to lose 20 grand, my place of living, everything. I packed the, the, the few things I had left and my dog, and we drove all the way to Chicago from Charlotte, North Carolina, and started over with nothing. No place to live, nothing. That was four years ago, man. You and I were supposed to shoot this initially on Tuesday, and I couldn't make it because a tree randomly just fell on on my baby, a $100,000 truck, a Ford Raptor, that I worked my butt off to, to, to get, right? And so my point is, is that four years ago, I was in a place of losing everything, ground zero, rock bottom, starting over, nothing, no leads, no people, nobody in your life to, to really stand out for you. And then fast forward, and now the problems are different. So that was a really big inspiration for me is we're always going to have problems, but they're just different problems. And and when I when I see, you know, this massive Spanish oak on top of the truck, you know, um, with with the rain pouring down and the the, the electrical wire on top of, of the truck and I see the big dents, was it easy for me to get frustrated and upset? Of course, I'm human. Absolutely. But I'm not going to stay in that place anymore, right? I face it, I move on, and that's it. And then you look at the joy in it. Is the bad there? Of course it is. Could I focus on that? Of course I can. But is there also good? And I, I have people ask themselves this all the time. Are there bad people out there? Are there people that have done you wrong or hurt you? Of course there are. But are there also a lot of good people too? And your energy is attracting whichever side you're getting. So which one do you want to focus on? Absolutely. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's really, uh, uh, well, I don't think it's what people really don't understand is like what, what you just talked about. You shared a lot of information about yourself and that just shows the comfortability level that you actually have with, uh, with talking about it. And, you know, it, you make a good point when it comes to, uh, I've been such a, I've been a person where, you know, focusing on the negative is exactly what I would do. You know, I call it pity parties for yourself. Um, you know, you feel sorry for yourself. You're beating yourself up and, you know, shit's going to happen, man. And it sucks. It, it sucks. And, and I get it and I understand. But it, when you talk about controlling the controllables, and I talk about that a lot, you can, but you can't control your reaction to things, right? You know, and, I, and I, I'm really big into the law of attraction. I'm really focusing on like the, the secret now that I'm older in a different mindset. And, you know, they talk, they show this example of this guy who's, he's in traffic and he's like, just keeps, he keeps saying, he's like, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. Oh man, this traffic sucks. All you're doing is drawing in more of that shit to you, more traffic, more irritation, more frustration. And it's, it's annoying. It's, it sucks. But, but again, we got to control what we can control. And, you know, what's great about your journey, man, is you keep going, right? And so for me, just starting out, you know, about a month, month now doing this, um, you know, I've had a lot of things happen to me where people reach out to me and say, hey, man, you know, I love what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. There are some people who actually, uh, we I just found out the other day, 
uh, she is going to now go sober herself. She's going to quit Let's drinking go. and she's going to start, you know, trying that journey out. And, Let's you know, go. she has a lot of people, same thing. Ah, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And I told her, I go, look, that's the hardest part is people are going to tell you. But that's the thing. You don't you don't need to tell people that you're doing it. Just just do it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard at first, but it's going to switch. And so those things right there give me the confirmation in myself to be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going because now it's affecting people. You know, I got shouted out on uh, my boy live, uh, his live Donovan. He was just on the last episode and he went on live and was like, Hey man, look, you inspired me to, to speak out in front of people. You inspired me to go after this stuff. And for me, that's, that's amazing. Like I, I you don't understand. Like I, it, like the goal is just to touch one life as much as I can. But, you know, all these other people are coming out and, you know, reaching out and it's, it's a great feeling. So for you, man, you know, can you share a specific moment or experience that reaffirmed your commitment to your dream to, to, to continue doing what you're doing? Uh, it doesn't have to be one specific one, but is there one that stands out to you the most? Yeah, I'll tell you one in particular. And then there's a lot of big stuff you just touched on that I'd like to come back to. But to answer your question first, uh, there is one moment in particular that really opened my eyes. I was, when I first started doing this, I started primarily with friends and family. And there was a guy that was in my circle and I'd known him for years and he had all the gifts. Uh, he was, he was borderline genius. True story. Guy was absolutely brilliant. Just understood the science and math like nobody else could, but he always faced this depression. And man, I'm going to be honest. Life is a constant of ups and downs. And, And I said this before, but when you create the right systems, you can mitigate those downs, but what everybody has to understand, no matter what phase you are in right now, good or bad, this too shall pass. And so working with this individual, there came a point where he just stopped showing up. I couldn't get him on the phone. I couldn't get emails, nothing. And I was worried for him. I ended up reaching out to his mom. Now he's a little, he's a little bit younger, right? So her and I had a, a, a relationship and I did with his father as well. We, I've been in the family for years. Um, and I reached out, I was like, Hey, I'm worried about this guy. And essentially long story short, he had shares in a company that he'd been in for over a decade and they just pulled the plug on it, took all his money. So it took him out of the business, fired him on the spot. The guy was super depressed about to give up. And to be in that room with somebody that's got nothing, every, they, they're just, they, they have no hope, no aspiration. They don't see any goals. They have nothing to live or strive for. They've just given up. That was me. And I, I saw that in him. And so to go through that transformation in 30 days and to see him have super clear goals, move halfway across the country, Start the, the job of his dream, the career of his dreams, you know, meet the significant other of his dreams to do these things. That's what reconvicted me, man. Because again, what you must understand, this comes through maturity, I think, and experience, of course. But the, the, the as you go through life, your level of experience increases. For instance, if you're a two-year-old and you go to paint a picture, it might be all right. You go to paint that same picture when you're five, it's going to be a little better. When you're 10, a little bit better, right? <laughs> our level yeah. of experience increases over time. And that's true with all things in life, not just artwork. So so that's the goal, man. And that's what reinvigorated me, right? And and man, there are times in any career for anybody and they're going to they're gonna be hitting roadblocks. They're going to say, man, is this right for me? I want to give up. 
You keep persevering. You know, I've been doing this for three years now, over three years now, but I've been doing this for a lifetime. And so I could never do anything else. But that was the big catalyst for me. But a couple of the really big things that you just touched on, um, one thing I want to share is that our words equal our thoughts, which equal our actions, which equal our results. It all starts with the words we use, whether we're quote unquote joking or just playing around being jovial, it doesn't matter. If you say, oh man, you suck and you're talking to yourself like that and you do this over time, somewhere deep down inside, you really believe you suck. You can't talk to yourself like that. I know the world's gonna beat you up. I know you're gonna have crappy bosses out there. You might have some bad relationships. People are going to beat you up. Life is going to beat you up. You gotta let it pass, man. You just gotta let that stuff go. And again, the words that we use is the root of everything. So focus on your words. Talk to yourself a little bit differently and see how that makes a change for you, okay? If anybody wants to go through this stuff, I'm happy to. I'm an open book, right? I love, I love talking through this stuff. This is my life. Um, another thing that you, that you shared that I think is, is really important is that I was just recently working with a client. This is actually last week. I received this video last night at 10.30 p.m., okay? He sends me this video at 10.30 p.m., and it, well, he hasn't sent this out yet on social media, but it was basically like a testimony, this guy and I got into a conversation about a circle of influence, okay? And we had a very clear depiction of his goals. We said, okay, great. We know your goals. Now let's make a list of the top 10 people that are in your life right now, okay? He wrote all these 10 people down, and then he looked at his goals. And I say, now let's circle the people on this list that are helping you achieve these goals in some capacity. On the whole list, only one person was. And I was like, what do you think we do here, man? What's the move? Look at your goals and what's the move? He's like, we gotta let people go. Got people go. I was like, you're right. And it's gonna be really hard. I mean, some of these people in his like five, 10, 15 years, one of them was his uncle. Like, these are hard conversations, man. I'm not saying this stuff is easy. Yeah. It's not. No. A week later, he cut the wrong people out. And this is to what you said earlier. A week later, he cut the wrong people out. In that same week, the same exact week. He had four new people, all the right people that actually did help him pursue his goals come in. And so the point is sometimes we're going to have to make uncomfortable sacrifices, whether that's our time, whether that's our desires, um, whether that's people in our life, you got to be really clear on that result. What the heck are you working for? Because here's the deal. If you're going to go through pain, why would you not get a reward out of it? Right? Absolutely. I think that... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this slowly because I think this is such an important piece right here, okay? As long as we structure our lives in a way where our happiness is dependent upon something that we cannot control, we will always experience pain. I'm going to say that one more time because you reiterated this point, Isaac, and that's, that's what made me really, really tap into this. But as long as we structure our lives where our happiness is dependent on something we have no control over, we are always going to experience pain. So what does that mean? It means we have to raise our standards. We also have to look at our belief systems. Our belief about what is good and bad or what we should not do or should do or what we must do, these standards, these criteria, these are our rules, right? Let me give you a great example. I'll give you a direct example right now, right? 
If I were to ask you, and you don't have to actually answer this, but this is a this is a rhetorical question. If I were to ask you, are you a great lover? I'm gonna say, say no. yes or no. <laughs> What's that? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say no right now. No. <laughs> My next question would be why. Why do you feel yes or no? Whatever your answer is, and you don't have to answer this, but whatever your answer is as to whether you are or are not a good lover is based on your rules, right? How do you know you're a great lover or not a great lover? What must happen in order for you to feel like you are a great lover? These are based on your rules, right? That you've got to find your life. Um, and sometimes, Isaac, what happens is we create these rules through our experiences in youth, and we never stop to look at these rules. And we're playing by the same rules that protected us and helped us survive as a teenager or a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old, but those rules don't serve us anymore. So, man, I just think that this, I mean, it can go on and on, but you brought up a lot of really big points. And, and dude, to your point, again, we never know who we're inspiring or motivating through our story. You got to share it, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a, lo a lot of good points, you know, you point out there as well. And yeah, you know, man, it, there's a lot of things we can look at as far as, um, you know, I think it goes back to fear. At the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are just scared, right? And I, I'll talk about fear for a minute. I, I, I watched this video. My mom sent it to me years ago, and I still watch this video to this day. It's a great video. It's called Unbroken. It's on YouTube, and it's a, mm. it's a mashup of a bunch of motivational speakers, and they're like highest points, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, and then it's just like a bunch of other people doing like random things. But there's one particular section in it where it says, fear will aid you. Fear will put you in the hospital. Fear will kill your dreams faster than anything else. Because fear is the number one killer of everything at the end of the day. And it is. You know, we're, we're scared because we don't know the how. And we, we and you and I talked about this the other day about the how. And my mom tells me this all the time. And, you know, it's great to hear. But now I'm, I'm understanding it. We're not really supposed to know what the how is, realistically. Because... You could tell me, you know, say I'm a new dad, you know, you could tell me, hey, this is how you should raise your kid. This is how I raise my kid. It's not going to work the same. It, it's, it's just not. You know, I, I this is how I built my business. You can give me a blueprint. It may not be the exact same thing. This is how I drive. Well, this is not how I drive. Man, we go through this driver. I always look at that. That's always funny to me. You know, we take these driver ed trainings. We do the – no one knows how to drive realistically, you know, because it's either – they're too slow drivers. They're too fast. You cut people off. You know what I mean? So the thing is, I think what's really important is we have to do what works for us and how we're going to steer life realistically. You know, the, the famous Jesus take the wheel. Well, how about you take the wheel and let Jesus guide you to where you need to be? Because realistically, we, we have these opportunities and these gifts that no one else has. And that's why I really need everybody to understand it. You are special in your own way. I just read a quote yesterday to my team. It said, uh, stop being perfect because you are perfect enough. What you have to offer this world is perfect. You know, you hear these in a lot of movie quotes. You hear it even in Remember the Titans where it says, you know, coach, he tells his coach, he tells Denzel Washington, coach, you demanded perfection. And he tells him, I'm not going to say I'm perfect because none of us are. We're, we're just not. But this team is perfect. Because they all bring a certain value to that football team. We bring a certain value to this life. We bring a certain value to our families, to our work, whatever it is. You bring something special. That's why you're there. 
And I think we forget that. And, you know, we're going to talk about corporations a little bit. We're not going to say no names or anything like that. But I really feel that that is a really big issue in a lot of corporations now where, and I'm talking big ones, where we hire these individuals and there's a lot, they always say there's a lot of money invested in them. And we, we spend so much money on onboarding and blah, blah, blah. Okay. But why do you continue to not remind them of their value? Like right now I catch myself telling my management team, you're, you're somebody you're, you're doing a good job. You, I know it's hard. I know it's stressful. I know it's frustrating, but you know, man, what, what do you think is the biggest misconception as to why a corporation's, don't teach and value their people as opposed to where like you and I, we, we have our own team. We have, we have uh, people that we call and we pump up. And even if it's not us winning, we remind them, Hey, you, you know, great job. You hit it. Or if they're having a bad day, man, look, let me help you remind you who you are. Why do you think that big corporations don't do that anymore? And why do you think people like us are going to be the ones that change the world going forward? I can't tell you how happy I am that you asked this question. I'll give you some personal data here. I think that the biggest thing on the corporate side, well, let, let me let me come back for a second. I want to share with you a mindset difference because that's what this whole topic is about, right? I worked in the financial world for almost nine years. I opened three brokerages. I was very invested in this world. I, I moved millions, probably billions of dollars around. What I always found was the one common thing that separated the upper class and the lower class was their mindset on time and money. And then here's what I mean specifically. The lower class would trade their time to get money back. The upper class would trade their money to get time back. Let me explain this in a different light. And I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, right? A corporation is going to pay you to forget your dreams. That's what they're doing. They're saying, hey, Ivan, you just said all of these things about fear, right? Well, what happens? We go to a corporation and we say, hey, one of the biggest fears in the United States is the fear of poverty. If I come work for you, I don't have the fear of poverty anymore. All I got to do is show up and I know you're going to write me a paycheck. So I do it every week. But then 10 years, 20 years, 30 years go by. You're in your <laughs> 40s. You're in your 50s. Your kids are grown. And you look at your life and you say, what the fuck did I ever accomplish? Absolutely nothing. Anybody can create a child as a legacy. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm a parent. You will never come between me and my kid. I love my children, right? And that's one of the greatest gifts I can give to this world. But everybody has an experience and a gift. And don't you want your children to look up to you as a superstar and say, dad did this for me. Mom did this for me. They changed the world. I can do that too. There's no greater gift, right? So when we talk about this corporate world, and my personal example is this, I work to get the job done. I get paid when the job is done. So you better believe I'm pouring my blood, sweat, and tears into every second to get that job done as fast as possible and the right way, right? Efficiency. I'm all about efficiency. And my wife, love her to death, she gets paid by the hour, right? She's a nurse. She's a damn good nurse but it's a different mindset. And so if I'll ask her to do a task, you know, to help me with something like the wood or something like that, we, we have to burn a lot of wood here in the winter. It's very cold here. I know you're not used to that. Isaac's like, what the heck is yeah. that mean? Right? But um, <laughs> it, it's just a different mentality. 
It's not that she doesn't do a great job. She does a phenomenal job, and I love and appreciate her and all her help. I couldn't do it without her. But it's a different mentality. And so to, to really reiterate your point here, those people that work for the corporation, the fear that they're really feeding into is the fear of poverty. And what you're basically doing is you're saying, I'm just not going to figure it out and go out and do it on my own. I'm going to accept this paycheck because I don't want to face that fear anymore. I'll tell you this, though. Poverty, it's one of the most difficult fears for people to conquer. And I say difficult fears. I've boiled this down to six human fears, and this is one of those six. But it's also the most rewarding once you understand how to leverage it. And again, the quickest way to figure this out, how can you leverage your money for time? Right. And so when I stopped saying, hey, I got paid this much an hour and I, I started getting the jobs done, then you start getting paying, you started start getting paid, you know, one, five, ten thousand dollars a week, not a quarter anymore. Right? So it's just that big shift. Yeah, man, you know, the, the, the corporation side of it all, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to shift and, you know, I got new opportunities coming and we'll talk about that partial partial offline. But, you know, the, the biggest thing you talked about talked about it poverty is a fear and i I talk about this every time because this statistic blows my mind but so they they did a study of a thousand men and out of the a thousand men they said 40 to almost 50 percent of the men or excuse me 50 to 60 percent of the men won't talk about mental health until they think of suicide and 37 percent of it is majority one of the highest ones is finance so when you, we hear we talk about mental health and I and I did a solo episode right before this one uh, on Tuesday and I just aired it and I talk about we're so afraid of failing we're so afraid of money you know not coming through and stuff like that but we, there's a lot of misconception and miscorrelation when it comes to men men's mental health in particular but mental health in general right so this generation like it feels like some of the younger generation use mental health as a laziness tool because that's how the older generation sees it right the older generation sees that i they don't want to work and it's like okay there's some that are and i I pointed that out was hey look do not mistake mental health with laziness you still got to go out there and put the work in but discussing the issues that you have at hand mentally with somebody your therapist your friend your dog i don't care but dealing with that issue what is your take on particular men's mental health, mental health in general? And what do you think is the biggest misconception when it comes to talking about that actual topic? Again, great point. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw a plug here. I'm so passionate about the mental health space for males that we actually run a men's morning group every single week. And it's absolutely transformational. Here's some of the things that I think people should consider. And you touched on a lot of different things. Number one, if you look at the stats right now, the suicide rate for men is higher than it's ever been in the history of humanity ever, ever. Okay. Yes. That's a problem. The average death rate for the male just dropped again and it increased for the female. This is the largest gap we've ever seen in U.S. history. Okay. For the death rate. So... Is this a very real topic? More so than ever before. More so than ever before. I think there's a couple things that come up. Like I mentioned before, there are six human fears. And we face these at some point. Let me give you some other examples. We talked about the fear of poverty, right? Fear of criticism. That's usually relevant in people's life. The fear of death. 
the fear of poor health, the fear of loss of love, the fear of old age. These are all six. So when we look at that component, it's really interesting because you look at all the psychologists in history, you look at Freud and other people, and Freud said there's one thing that every single human will have in common, regardless of geographic location, regardless of age, gender, race, any of those things, every single human faces the fear of death. That's inescapable to all of us, all of us. So that's something that every one of us have in common. And so to the point that you mentioned about this, uh, this data, I think it's really interesting because how old are these men? Because I'll tell you this, if you go ask a 75 year old male, what his viewpoints are on death, he's going to have a lot more information to tell you than if you ask a 10 year old, because it's not relevant to them. But if you ask a 10 year old about the fear of criticism, the 10 year old might have a lot more data on the fear of criticism than the 75 year old man. So what does that tell us? It tells us that we all face fear, but at different points in our life. Another big factor here is society. Let me explain this one. I work with people all over the world. I've got a team in London and I've got a team in the Philippines. The guy that runs the team in the Philippines, he is a dog. He will work seven days a week, sun up to sundown. He is a beast, but that's not part of his culture and society. He is an outlier. When you look at the US, that's very common here. We work more hours than any other country. We have less vacation time than any other country. So I think this plays a major role as well because our society predicates a lot of these expectations. Again, if you look at the high risk jobs out there, like alignment, and for those that don't, I'm not talking about the NFL. I'm talking about the people that are out there actually putting the lines up for the electricity that comes into our house. And whether you know this or not, that's all runoff coal. You know, the, you know, there's a statistical death rate for people that work that job. Do you also know that 99% of the people that work that job are men and they also get paid minimum wage? So these people are out risking their life every single day for minimum wage. We even get paid any money. So then comes up the conversation of equality. And so this can be a very, very tough conversation because there's a lot of dynamics to this. Equality in emotional intelligence, equality in how people are treated, equality in compensation. But let's look at the stats too. And I think that masculinity is attacked because if you don't have strong alpha mindset men out there, they're not going to correct these things. They're not going to stand up for the old lady that's being harassed on the street. These things don't happen. It's a crazy time, man. So um, another point that you brought up and to really reiterate that point of the finances in the mail, I think, man, that we got to understand that money is energy. So it goes back to the words we use. How are you viewing money and what is the energy you're putting around it? I'll tell anybody that's listening right now, no matter what you were going through, no matter where you are, there is one cure to whatever dilemmas you face, whatever problems you're battling right now. There's one cure for every single person. You know what that is? Massive action. If you take massive action right now, you will conquer anything. I mean, literally pause the podcast and take a pen and paper out and start writing some notes down. Send that text, call that person, you know, do that post, whatever you have to do to get to that next level, whatever your fear is, do the opposite. If you have fear on money, go read a book about money, go talk to a financial advisor, go join a free webinar. There's a billion things you could do right now that don't cost you a dime, but don't sit here and tell me that you're afraid about being broke if you're not going to do anything about it. Massive action is the cure-all to absolutely everything. 
I think that's what the the biggest uh, issue is right there. You know, I, and I, I will attest to that. I, I was one of those people. You know, I would say I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. But I want to do anything about it. I was always finding an excuse. Oh man, this this uh, program's going to cost money. Uh, this is you know this or you know. And it wasn't until like I really started to join. Like I joined your program um, and your weekly coachings, and then even without doing your weekly coachings. I still would do, you know, I would get try to get on the the BMGs. Um, you know, it's a little. I, sometimes I get clients on the East Coast, so I don't always make it. But getting on there and hearing other people from different backgrounds, that's awesome because everybody's there to win. And it's not so much like I'm better than you. It's literally let me hear, you know, what's going on. You know, shout out people give different viewpoints. But to also talk about massive action, you know. You, you, you met me, you know, back in February and I was, I was bigger. I was way bigger than I was. Uh, and, you know, facing back in early July, uh, being told that I was pre-diabetic, uh, damn near alcohol poisoning. I was in full dehydration from drinking so much, uh, to realizing that, you know, smoking weed really as much as I was, was really just numbing everything. And then, you know, on my birthday, going to the doctor and being told, Hey man, like you're, you're, you're pretty much you're getting close to obesity. You're getting big. Um, your reasons why you're having problems with your back is because of how big you are. Your gut's hurting because of how much it hangs. Uh, you keep going down this path. You're going to go further into diabetes. You know, you're just pre-diabetic. So you still have a chance. Uh, and then being told also that now I have hypertension, you know, high blood pressure, uh, my inside of my body's inflamed in a huge way. And for something just to click realistically is what really made the change. And by, you know, listening to the, you know, I think you text me one time, I was like, how's everything going? And I was like, man, this, this shit ain't even worth it anymore. Like, I don't even want to do this. And you're like, nope, I don't accept that. We're going to, we're going to talk. And we talked and, you know, we kind of gathered it and I did massive action. I lost, I have now lost 35 pounds. I'm no longer pre-diabetic. I'm no longer inflamed. I will hit two months sober from alcohol and four days a month away from weed. And I see things clear right now. I'm in a really good position to, you know, I go through one more interview and I could potentially get this new uh, job as a GM. But they're like what, what that situation. I'm not saying that I'm going to this big corporation because it's what I want to do. I'm going because they know exactly what I do on the side. And they're they're like, dude, you, you the way you work now is not how you work here. When we say three o'clock, you're done. That's it. You're done until the next day. And, you know, you still and they love the fact that I do this portion of my job. They love the fact that I focus on development. They, that's why they want me. And that's the thing is if you're if you just sit still, that's the one guarantee in a failure. You don't do anything. You don't take that leap. You don't take that step. You are guaranteed to fail. But if you take that step, you take that leap, you go out and attack your dreams, you go out and fight. I promise you some really great things are going to happen and you just have to believe it. And you talk about it for affirmations and you talk about, you know, the law of attraction and we talked about it. it you have to, you have to believe it. I, I, that's the thing. I think a lot, you know, we, we, I'm not trying to be rude, but like realists, you know, I'm a realist to me, realists are negative. I, I get, I get what you're a realist. I do. But at the same time, like if you're a realist, fine, but let me be a dreamer. Let me, let me see this life that I'm living in my head. And, you know, coach, coach, to go four years homeless to the house you have now. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say the value of your truck, but some people spend a year trying to make that money and look at where you are now. You didn't quit. You never stopped believing in yourself. You never stopped believing in others. 
I, you know, I really consider you rich as in you're rich and because of people you do really care about your, your, your individuals and man, you're a big, big con- contribution to why I'm as successful as I am now, why I am in the point of my life that I'm at now. So I, I you know, just taking this time, I'm, I am going to give you a real testimonial that, you know, that I'm going to record and give to you, but, you know, just talking in front of my, my group of people, like, Go out and reach out to him, man. I'm going to leave his information, you know, down in the description. I'm going to leave him out on my TikTok. He does free 30 minutes. Just listen to what he has to say. Tell him about your dreams. And I promise you he's going to take you places. And, you know, before before we leave, Coach, uh, I want to ask you, what advice can you give the audience, the people that are scared to take that next step, that are worried about failing, that are worried about Man, I, this job's bringing me a recurring check. You know, the ones that are stuck right now. What advice would you give them to go out and be like, "Hey, look, you can fucking do this. You can, you can handle business." What advice would you give them, man? Well, first of all, thank you for that shout out, man. I really appreciate it, and I just love to see your journey. You're a different person in that time frame, from February to now. Just in that short time, like you're a totally different person, man. And I know you're touching people's lives, and that's why this is so powerful. So I, I love you, brother, man. I'm so proud of you. Man. Love you too, man. Love you too. Um, but the first thing that I will say to answer your question is, listen, the number one thing that comes up in people's minds in any scenario like this is the fear. And what happens is it is like a 100% meter, okay? What I mean by that is the 100% meter is the fear is on the one side. And if you continue to feed that fear more than 50%, it will continue to win. But there's an alternate on the other side. An example would be hope. And the reason I say this is because hope and fear cannot reside in the same space. They just can't. You can't be hopeful and optimistic and excited and also be fearful and pessimistic and doubtful at the same time. It doesn't exist. So you got to think of this like 100% meter. Which side am I feeding more? Because whichever side you feed more is going to win. And if you continue to feed one side, it'll win, right? You got to make a choice. I get it. I understand the fear of losing. I really love what Pitbull said. Yes, the artist. Pitbull worked with Tony Robbins and he said, the greatest lesson I ever learned from Tony Robbins was, there is no success without failure. What you got to understand in the spiritual realm is we always put constructs on things. We always say something is good or something is bad, right? But that's not how the world actually works. If you look at nature, at least, because we we live in two realms. We live in natural realm and, and human realm and so when you look at the natural realm if a fox eats a rabbit that's not good or bad it's part of the ecosystem it continues to run and often we get so caught up in is this good or bad so one thing you've got to realize is look if you're getting a paycheck from somebody right now i have no hate for you i was there too i get it i get it right there will be a transition period my biggest question to you when you look at that gravestone right when you say that year when you were born and you see the year that you pass, that little dash in between, that, that's what really counts. That's what really represents your life. So what are you gonna go out and build? Whose life are you gonna change? Because here's the deal. If you only make it about yourself, you will not get ahead long-term because you're not always gonna be motivated. You're gonna have frustrations. You're gonna have downfalls. You're gonna have obstacles. So long-term, it's not sustainable. If you make your goals and aspirations about other people and how you will impact their lives based on your experiences, this is how you achieve fulfillment. And listen, 
I've had half a million dollars in the bank. I've had negative 100 grand in the bank. I know both spectrums. And what I can tell you from being homeless and from being wealthy financially, money cannot buy you happiness. Money can buy you the things that you enjoy doing in life. But the way that you create full happiness, you know, that burning desire in your heart is by helping other people. That's fulfillment. You make it about other people. The money will come and go. And this is how you continue to stay consistent and committed long term. Because I know no matter what happens, it's going to come right back to me. If I fall off for a little bit, guess what? It was probably my fault. Usually when something bad happens in our life, it's not because of one decision. It's because of a multitude of decisions that are repeated over time. And it brings us to this point. That's also empowering. It tells me I got to get my ass up off the canvas and do the work, take massive action. But it also tells me because I am the problem, I am also the solution, right? So this is super empowering, you know? Um, so my biggest thing to everybody that's out there, the biggest thing is make a choice and get started. Don't try to tackle the whole thing. Just make the decision and get started today. <laughs> I'll tell you what, got up, my dog, you know, my, my lovely dog woke me up this morning at 5.30 in the morning. And let me tell you what, he got me up. We uh, we went for a two and a half mile walk, felt amazing. Grateful for what we do. Grateful for everything that happens. Grateful for the people in your lives. And I think a lot of things that we forget is to be grateful for what we have. At the end of the day, the only limitations you put on yourself. The only limitation is what you put in your mind that is your limit. That's why they say the sky's the limit because the sky never ends. There's no end point. You go into space, there's no end point. There's light years, light years of stuff. Stop worrying about what could happen or what if this doesn't work out. Or That's why you don't focus on the how. Focus on just taking that next step. One step at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time. Get yourself some good people in your life. Connect. Check out the BMG. You know, some of you men out there, check out the BMG. It's really good. We do it at 6 in the morning, you know, It's it's, but it's nice. I'm telling you, you really get to get a lot of good feedback from a lot of people from different, different parts of the world. If you can, go out, check out Coach nine K. East you know, Coast like Coast. I said, I'm sorry? I said that's 9 East Coast, by the way. 9, nine East Coast, 6 West Coast. Your time, but, yeah, you're the early yeah, rider, yeah. my man. Yeah, but we we up early out here. That's just that got to compete with the East Coast, you know. But honestly, Coach, thank you again for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate your time. I know it's valuable, and you know what you you're you're doing great things, man. Don't stop, keep going, and I promise you, you know our circles are gonna continue to collide together. We're gonna end up doing one big speech speeching engagement to get get together. Excuse me, that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. But you know what, guys, understand the alpha mindset is all about taking that next step and. Going forward, that's it. Just head head forward, and I promise you greatness is coming your way. Thank you guys for joining in. Check out my website at alphamindsetspeaker.com. Book your consultation with me. You're looking for a speaker, that's where you book it as well. And you'll check us out on the podcast. Again, thank you to our sponsor, Checks Watches. Appreciate you. And, Coach, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast, my man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, brother.